These days we're equally likely to stream the latest prestige TV show as we are to sample the newest blockbuster at the cinema. But you might ask, what's been the role of the many various Marvel films in these changed uh, changed patterns of ours? Indeed, the complexion of Hollywood itself. Is the Marvelization of film and TV a creeping, insidious phenomenon that's reducing the standards of our television and cinema, deepening the shallow end? Or are the anti-Marvel brigade just killjoys? What do you think? Well, the iconic film director Martin Scorsese has a strong opinion. He says the Marvel movies are simply not cinema. Here's a snippet from a 2019 press conference in London. The value of a film that's like a uh, theme park film, for example, uh, the Marvel-type pictures, where where the theatres become amusement parks... That's a different experience, and it's like, it's not cinema, it's something else, whether you go for that or not, but it is something else, and they shouldn't be, we shouldn't be invaded by it. Well, provocative stuff. Joining us now is staff writer for The New Yorker, Michael Shulman. He's the author of a terrific piece in The New Yorker called How the Marvel Cinematic Universe Swallowed Hollywood. Uh, Michael, welcome to Saturday Extra. Thanks for having me. First off, for people who mightn't know, what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU? I mean, I'm impressed by anyone who's managed to escape knowledge of what it is because it's become (laughs) so popular all around the globe. Um, The Marvel Cinematic Universe is a term for a group of uh, movies and now TV shows that are based on the Marvel comic books. And uh, what's innovative about them is that they all take place in the same fictional world. So all the characters uh, collide with each other. Um, You know, they appear across movies into TV shows and back. And uh, like the comics that they're based on, all of it is happening in one sort of coherent fictional universe. And do you think it's dumbing down cinema. Is, is it at the shallow end? I mean, this is the essence of <laughs> of what you're trying to examine. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to shortchange them. A lot of them, I watched uh, like 30 Marvel movies um, in a month when I was working on this piece. And, um, you know, there's something to them. Some of them are better than others. There are a lot of talented directors who work on them, everyone from Chloe Zhao to Taika Waititi. And um, they're popular for a reason. They're really zippy and funny and, uh, you know, they have really appealing stars in them. I mean, practically everybody is in them at this point. Um, From, you know, Robert Downey Jr., who played Iron Man for many years and sort of launched the whole franchise, um, to, you know, someone like Chadwick Boseman, who played... um, Black Panther and Angela Bassett, who played Black Panther's mother and was nominated for an Oscar for it uh, this past year. Um, So they definitely have a kind of craft to them. I think uh, lately, you know, they've they've been much, uh, you know, their hit rate has been more inconsistent. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, a movie like Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania, it's like the third Ant-Man movie. And... um, there's a sense of uh, what a lot of people call Marvel fatigue, which is just enough already. Um, we've sort of seen this, how many of these sort of mini properties can you play out over many, many movies? Um, and then they have a kind of sameishness. Uh, you know, there's the same kind of CGI battles at the end of most of them. Um, the same kind of sense of humor is starting to wear thin. So I think for even for people who really love them, um, there's there's a sense that they're starting to peter out a little bit. Yes, 
may be, but I think the essence, what I've, we found so interesting in your article was the various people whom, and you did try to make it very broad, I, I think you were fair, but you quoted people essentially saying that they were almost like carnival rides, hefty carnival rides that are based on um, almost an impulse from comics and that they'd sucked the air out of, to quote one of your um, uh, people, Kevin Gertz, more human-scaled entertainments. This is what I really found provocative. Constricted imaginations of TV executives, instead of searching for the next Mad Men, they're hunting for Batman spin-offs. Now, I think that makes it all very real, the, the dilemma that you're presenting. Well, that's right. I mean, the success, the extraordinary success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is now the most successful movie franchise of all time, has uh, had a kind of ricochet effect in Hollywood, where every over the past 10 years or so, every other studio has wanted to figure out how to make their own cinematic universe, whether it's out of um, the DC comics um, or... Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or now the kind of, you know, in the wake of Barbie, the Mattel toy verse, um, whatever that's going to be. So basically they created a new model for entertainment IP where um, you could basically create a sure thing by, um, you know, having a canvas that where you don't just have a movie and then a sequel, you know, a sequel like Jaws and Jaws 2 and Jaws 3, you actually can branch out and create a web of properties that all kind of link up. The thing is that it's really hard to just do that. Um, you know, Universal Studios, for instance, several years ago, tried to launch what they called the Dark Universe, which was based on their old monster movie properties from the 30s, like, you know, uh, Frankenstein and, uh, you know, the Wolfman and all, Jekyll and Hyde. And mm. after one movie, which was The Mummy starring Tom Cruise, they basically scrapped the whole thing. So one thing that has always been true of Hollywood is that if something's a hit, everyone else tries to fall over themselves copying it. And that's sort of what's happened. And the reason that it's squeezed out other stuff is that the studios realize that if they base something on existing IP, they have a kind of built-in audience. And in order to draw people to the theaters, they need to make something big, a spectacle. Uh, you know, everything is a is a blockbuster now. Um, and so what you don't have the studios making so much are kind of adult dramas, comedies, you know, just sort of like, uh, you know, horror movies have been doing well. But like, other than that, a lot of these other genres that are kind of the mid-range stuff have just stopped getting made in the the, the, the quantity that they used to. For listeners who may never have seen a Marvel movie, uh, just we want to play you an example of some of the dialogue, which I think will flesh what out what we're describing. This is from Avengers Age of Ultron. The city is flying. We're fighting an army of robots. And I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. <laughs> but I'm going back out there because it's my job. Okay, and I can't do my job and babysit. Now, I mean, there'll be people who think, well, if you don't like them, don't watch them. That's true. However, as we were talking about before, the issue is really that the other stuff isn't getting made as much. So there are fewer alternatives to Marvel. Um, you know, I th you just look at sort of the the idea of the, the, the kind of adult drama, you know, the stuff that studios made so much of 
you know, 30 years ago, stuff like just Forrest Gump, for for instance. Um, you know, that kind of story where it's sort of a big drama driven by movie stars that isn't part of a series, isn't part of a franchise. Um, you're just seeing a lot less of it. A lot of that kind of thing migrated to television. And, uh, you know, we had this flowering of great TV dramas like The Sopranos and Mad Men, et cetera. Um, but now television is really becoming more franchise and IP-driven. And, um, you know, people are taking fewer chances on original ideas. So it's easy enough to say, well, if you don't like the Marvel movies, just pretend they aren't there. But for people who want something else, something more kind of human-based and not part of some kind of big fictional fantasy world, the options are getting fewer. Really does beg a range of questions. Let's hear from another director now, Quentin Tarantino, who spoke on the Two Bears, One Cave podcast. Part of the marvelization of Hollywood is, yeah, no, it, it's the, um, you have all these actors who have become famous playing these, these parts, characters. Yeah, yeah. They're not movie stars. Right. Captain America is the star. Right. Thor is the star. In a way, is one of the consequences of this, Michael, that the Hollywood movie star is dead or dying? Yeah, I think Quentin Tarantino is absolutely right about that. Um, the stars who have come up through the Marvel Universe don't necessarily have big careers outside of it. You know, for instance, you know, like Tom Holland uh, very famous for playing Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe. But I don't know if he has, you know, the legs to stand on of a movie star outside of playing Spider-Man. Um, and, you know, we don't know, like, what is a Tom Holland movie if it's not Spider-Man? Um, and I think that is something that is sort of new about this, this model of filmmaking, that essentially the characters are the stars. It is building, although you're saying there are signs of, of of some real torpor or fatigue. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there is a fatigue with superhero stuff in general. I mean, we just saw this epic flop with The Flash, which is the DC universe. Um, although DC has, you know, they're the big rivals of Marvel, uh, you know, going back to the beginning of, of these, of the comic book companies. Um, and... You know, I think that there was such a version to The Flash. I mean, I, I don't know if that means people are just done with superheroes. They're probably not. But I think that public taste could be changing. Um, you know, and I think since I wrote this article, Barbie came out and was a gigantic phenomenon. And there's and been a real question. for goodness sake. That's absolutely taken Australia by storm. Exactly. And it makes you wonder, is there now a taste for more original, weirder stuff? Um, and have people seen an, the same kind of superhero movie one too many times and feel like it's time to move on and watch something else? I mean, the Marvel Universe started in 2008 with uh, Iron Man. And of course, superhero movies had been around much longer than that, um, going back to the 70s with uh, Superman. And um, that's a long time now. 15 years is a long time for something to be at the center of popular culture. And mm. it just isn't going to last forever. I wonder what it says about the culture, the broader culture. I wonder, you know, you you do tilt at that. And, I mean, it's a perilous time for movies. And we just, we did a story recently about what's happening, in, you know, with, with the strike. So this is a really, it, it's beyond just mere little bits of entertainment, isn't it? For sure. 
And, you know, I think that part of the appeal for the sort of business side of the industry uh, of something like the Marvel Universe is that you kind of know what you're getting. Um, it's, you know, you can just plug in the next chapter or something that is a sort of a sure bet with a built-in audience and they'll show up. Um, but what happens when they don't continue to show up? Hollywood's going to have to figure out a, a new idea for how to get people interested in movies. And I think, I don't know, I would like to think that Barbie sort of ports the way to some some other model, to some other thing. Um, but, you know, the money side of Hollywood loves a sure, a sure bet. And Marvel for the last decade and a half has given it that, more or less. Is there embarrassment? Like you named a bit of this, like the almost the dumbing down of imagination of Hollywood executives, and you've got some very good studies of sitting in rooms with these people. You know, is there a sense of loss of purpose? It, it just that, you know, they've just become lazy or not? I mean, the thing is that this is, again, like Hollywood has always sort of chased the last big idea, you know, rather than continue to innovate. It's really hard for for movies to lurch forward and come up with a new thing. I mean, uh, you know, if you go back to the, you know, the, the 40s, 50s, 60s, it was the Western, you know, that was just this one model of movie that was relentlessly copied and regurgitated. Um, so I think, you know, I don't want to say that this is sort of worse than the movie industry has ever been in terms of being original. And I do think that there is a large uh, population of people who really care about Marvel comics that, you know, they grew up on the comics and, you know, the people who are involved in making these movies, um, especially Kevin Feige, who is the, you know, the head of, of Marvel studios, you know, they, a lot of them are sort of Gen X guys who grew up on Marvel comics. And back then, you know, when they were growing up, it was part of this sort of nerd culture. And now it's the dominant culture. Um, and it means a lot to people, you know, like I have friends who grew up really caring about the X-Men and Spider-Man and what have you. And I think that this is, uh, this phenomenon is partly a result of that generation growing into the, the age where they can, you know, create their own movies and TV shows and popular, popular culture. Um, I'm hesitant to just say, you know, Marvel movies are awful and, you know, <laughs> you very close and, to it. <laughs> cookie cutter. Um, I think it's valid to feel that way about them. Um, but I also know that they mean a lot to a lot of people. And the question is really, how long is that going to last? Just quickly, before I let you go, what about women coming through? Because, you know, people like Greta Gerwig, obviously, really coming through, interesting, she's not the only one, Gwyneth Paltrow, others, really, it's almost like they say, right, this is our chance to to um, readjust the culture. Now, I wonder if this allows them in. You mean like the the, the Barbie phenomenon? Yeah, or the, the yeah well, or... I mean, I wonder if we're going to have more of that. I wonder if we're, we're going to have more of that. I mean, I'd be all for it. And I have to say, you know, Marvel, the Marvel Universe is, is now quite diverse, but it took them a really long time. I mean, if you look at the first 10 years or so of Marvel movies, they were really all about kind of white male superheroes. And then, you know, eventually added, you know, Black Panther and... They gave Scarlett Johansson's character Black Widow her own movie, and they introduced, you know, uh, you know Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, and um, you know I think people have really responded to that. Um, but it it really it took quite a long time, and I don't know. I mean, I think that there's certainly a craving out there in the movie going audience for 
female-centered stories and and more racially diverse casts. And, you know, in a way, we are now getting that from Marvel movies and from superhero movies in general. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's really, you know, I, I think there's a, an audience out there for something like Barbie that's, you know, possibly even more enthusiastic. We'll see. Look, thank you very much indeed for, for, for distilling all this. I do appreciate your time. Of course. Great talking to you. Michael Shulman, a staff writer at The New Yorker. His new book is Oscar Wars, A History of Hollywood in Gold, Sweat and Tears. It's a HarperCollins production. And uh, one of our texters has come in and reminded us all that um, Christopher Nolan made Batman before he made Oppenheimer, which is an, an interesting progression, artistic progression, isn't it? Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.